so we're, we're, we're going to do a performance of BSD now as a live show, and it's gone exactly as I expected it to so far. It's wonderful. Uh, we're going to try and give you the experience of what we do for a show, um, with all the bits you don't hear. <laughs> um, and so far, it's been pretty chaotic. Today, we have to speak into a goat, which is brand new. Who knew? All right, let's start this. Uh... We're going to do the count. Sure. We're going to do the count. Yeah, of course. Exactly like normal. Okay, we're going to yeah. do the count. So I count. Yeah. One, two, three, four. 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 <laughs> and then you wait. Yeah, there's, there's a moment of silence here for the level setting, so we can get rid of background hits. What you're speaking in. Yes, sir. Yeah. BSD Now, episode 512, recorded at BSD Can 2023. Recorded on the 19th of May 2023, hope that's correct. And this episode is sponsored by our friends at Tarsnap. Tarsnap, the online backup for the truly paranoid people. And if you want to support this show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bsdnow. Easy enough. All right. In this week's episode, we bring you some BSD Now early years, the beginnings, how it all started, as well as production process from our producer who can't be here live at BSD Can, but he wrote us a couple of notes, as well as News Roundup, which covers the FreeBSD Dev Summit, which has just concluded two days ago, or yesterday, more like yesterday. And then we have BSD Can, which is still ongoing. And then we'll wrap up with some beastie bits, like how you can support this show in multiple different ways. Then we have a little uh, Tarsnap ad section, as well as our favorite section for most people, the feedback and questions. And I guess the audience is welcome to provide those. So let's get right into it, shall we? Hello, my name is Benedict Reuschling. I'm Tom Jones. And I'm Alan Jude. Woohoo! All three people in one episode, which is historic. The first one, right? Yep. Ever. That's not true at all. Have we ever had one? <laughs> We've done like four. All right. Okay. Yeah. I'll, stand, I'll stand corrected. All right. <laughs> Cut that out. Okay. No worries. Uh, so typically, we record our show every other week. Um, or, yeah, with a bit more delay, depending on which conferences we go to and uh, time available and stuff. But this time, we start our headlines with BSD Now, the early years, some of the things you may not know about. So, Alan, take it over. Yeah, uh, so how BSD Now started in the first place is probably the best place to begin. Uh, so, we, early on in the production of Tar uh, TechSnap, <laughs> uh, TechSnap, the podcast I did about systems administration, um, I was approached by some other people that were interested in that podcast, and they wondered about doing a BSD-themed podcast because the network that BSD Now was on originally also carried a, a Linux news show. And they were wondering, you know, could we do a BSD-themed one? And my first thoughts were, yeah, but how would we not run out of news after, like, the fourth episode? Uh, so I put a challenge to the person who would turn out to be the producer of the early episodes, the first 100 or so, uh, who happened to be called TJ, but not this TJ. Um, and so I challenged him to write the first couple of episodes and you know prove that there would be enough new content every week for us to make this a weekly thing. 
Uh, little did I know we'd still be doing it 512 weeks later. Uh, so they managed to write the first couple episodes and they had interesting enough content. Uh, back in the very beginning, we were doing full video as well, uh, which posed a whole different set of challenges for production uh, and compositing and, and trying to put it all together and especially the editing uh, and the fact that we recorded this show originally, it was myself and Chris Moore over Skype and the latency that that adds meant that sometimes Chris and I would speak at the same time. But because we recorded as a single downmix channel, there was no way to fix that. And even if we had separate audio tracks, we wouldn't have been able to fix it because video would mess up the lip sync. And so eventually we switched to an audio only format, which allowed us to smooth those things out. And, you know, when someone talks over someone else, we can space the recordings out uh, because we do a separate track for each person. And more of that will come later when JT tells about how we actually produce an episode. Uh, but so those original ones uh, we had, that's where we originally came up with the concept of having different segments on the show where we'd have the news, which would be in-depth, a couple of stories, and then we'd have an interview. And then Beastie Bits was meant to be really short stuff where we'd maybe just give you a link uh, to go read about yourself and tell you a headline, but not get into the story so much. And each of those was separated with a video bumper. So that it was very clear that you're now in a different section of the show. Uh, but over time, things changed a lot and uh, it became harder to get interviews or just more effort to arrange them. Uh, and you know, we started doing those a little less frequently, whereas I think the first 100 episodes, every single episode featured an interview, but that got very difficult to maintain. Uh, but through those early days, we managed to cover a lot of stuff. Uh, originally, actually, for the first 10 or so episodes, we actually had a tutorial built into each episode. Uh, but that was even more challenging to record because following a set of instructions perfectly while someone is watching you is very difficult. <laughs> And so, uh, especially when, you know, I wasn't that familiar with OpenBSD and trying to live record me using OpenBSD and doing it right the first time uh, resulted in a lot of takes and a lot of editing and it just was painful. Uh, and eventually, you know, the problem of coming up with a new tutorial every week very quickly led to, let's stop doing that. Uh, but, you know, we produced a lot of, of useful content and, you know, we really didn't envision we'd be going this long. We didn't really ever have an end in mind, but uh, I think we were all very surprised that there was as much interest in the show as, as there was as well. Uh, and so it also very much changed the experience for me of coming to a conference like this. Uh, you know, my first BSD can, I didn't know anybody. And then the next year I knew a couple of people and you know, got invited to a, a dock hacking lounge and, and did a few things. But by the time I was coming to my third BSD can, we had been doing BSD now for eight or nine months, I think at that point. And so suddenly everybody knew who I was, especially when we had video then, you know, I was very recognizable. Uh, and suddenly I didn't have to try to introduce myself to people, it was people would come up and introduce themselves to me and it very much changed what it was about uh, you know, trying to meet new people and and get the most out of these conferences. So uh, I'm very glad that it worked out that way and that I got to meet so many people. Um, what else is there about the early days? I wasn't there. You were yeah. Chris? Yeah, so Chris and I did it for, what, Chris was till episode 300? 
Yeah. Uh, so Chris and I did the show together until episode about 300. I guess going back, actually. Yeah. So when we first started the show, uh, or when we first had the idea for the show, we had to pick someone to co-host with me. And we asked around. And originally, it was actually uh, Drew Levine that I asked. Uh, she would do it. And she was like, no. But I think I know someone who might. And she pointed me to Chris Moore, who worked out and we did together for quite a while. And actually, the name uh, BSD Now was slightly stolen from a, a blog that Drew had started and that I helped with called FreeBSD Now, which was just, uh, I think, a quarterly post about new features in FreeBSD or whatever. Uh, but thanks to Drew, we, we had a name and a co-host. So that was very important. Uh, and yeah, and Chris and I started doing it together. I also remember the first episode, or I think it was one of the very early episodes where Chris's power internet went out in the middle of a recording. And so I finished the rest of the show by myself and very quickly realized how much harder it is to podcast when you're not talking to another person on Skype, but you're just talking to the wall. Uh, and <laughs> it definitely made a big difference and uh, was kind of a, a tip I gave people uh, you know, in, during the pandemic, when we were all trying to record our talks for these conferences as a recording, it can you can have that very much the same problem. So it's like if you can get a friend to jump on Skype or Zoom or whatever and give the talk to them, that can help. And short of that, if you have a groff or other stuffed animal you can perch on top of your monitor and talk to them, it makes a difference. Uh, but it was uh, very challenging to do the podcast by myself, so I was very thankful for Chris volunteering and, and sticking with it for so long. And then after 300 episodes, uh, we suckered Benedict into stepping in in, in place of Chris, uh, since he didn't have time to do it anymore. Uh, and we did, I don't know, another 100 episodes or more. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the schedule was getting a bit much for me, so I conned Tom into taking over hosting duties every other recording. Uh, and so that's why half the episodes are with Tom and half with me currently. Uh, and now we're at episode 512. The magic number. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up in the news, we have the BSD Now production process. And JT, the producer, writes. Oh, that's just maybe another slight funny story. Our original producer was named TJ, and then we replaced them with JT. And then we replaced one of the hosts with somebody named TJ, but not the same TJ. Confused yet? <laughs> I am. Since we record on a two-week cycle, I will go over the general timeline for a pair of episodes that we record. Obviously, there's an overlap for cycles, but for explanation processes, I'll ignore that and will act as if this is one continuous straight beginning and end timeline. In a 14-day cycle, the first 10 days will consist of searching online, finding stories, and making a list in a text file on my computer. Benedict will also send me links that he finds interesting, and occasionally I'll get links from the community. That last one is awesome, by the way. Everyone should do that more. I'm sure everyone is familiar with the concept that with enough eyes, all bugs are shallow. While the same vein, enough eyes looking for stories, we can make sure to cover all the good ones. Our little team can't be in all places reading all blogs all the time, so there's a lot we miss, and it's great when the community catches those and sends those in. Three days before recording, usually Sunday and Monday night, I will review all the links I've found or have received from others and pick out the stories that I would think that I would think would be of most interest to listeners. Since the hosts of the episodes rotate, I try to keep that in mind and hold certain stories for certain hosts that I think will fit better with their ex expertise or interests. 
For example, there's a very if there's a very heavy networking topic, I'll save that for Tom, because he might be able to give more additional background information that's not in the article. Uh, JT also saves all the ZFS questions for Alan. Once I have all the stories selected, they will go into the episode that I format the show notes. The night before recording is usually when I check and process the feedback. Again, some feedback is held for a certain host because I think they may be better able to answer. At this point, I let the team know that the show notes are finalized for them. They do the recording and then let me know that the MP3 files are available. We give JT flack. I don't know why he doesn't know this. Well, usually they do. They don't always because they know that I will know they've uploaded them. Due to my schedule, I don't usually get around to editing episodes until the weekend. When I do have time to sit down, I edit and import the audio in DaVinci Resolve and get to cutting the episode. I'm sure some people will wonder why I'm using something like DaVinci Resolve for audio, so I'll just go ahead and explain the reasons. Uh, DaVinci Resolve is video software. Uh, the first reason is that I know how to use DaVinci Resolve. I don't want to have to take the time to learn another application that uh, for something that DaVinci can do itself. The second reason is that I work the more work I do in EVR, the better my skills will be. The third reason is the possibility of us going back to having video releases, and it'd be better if everything was ready to go for that. Yes, that may be possible in the future, but we'll talk about that when we get to a later point. Cutting the episodes is probably the most time-intensive part of the process. The best estimate I can give is that it takes somewhere from three to five times the length of the episode to cut the episode. Sadly, it's not just as simple as dropping the flax in a timeline and hitting export. There's audio correction that goes in, there's removing background noise, there's enabling and disabling different audio tracks based on who is talking, and of course, pulling out coughs, sneezes, and the occasional um. I don't pull out all the ums because I want um, uh, the episode to have a realistic sound as if you were sitting there listening to them talk naturally. Some of the podcasts that I listen to are, in my opinion, over-edited to the point that the pace feels totally unnatural. I try to make sure that the edited audio sounds exactly how the person talks with the same meter that you would experience if you were sitting with them across the table at a BSD conference having a conversation. After the editing is done, I export the audio and it gets uploaded to the podcast platform we use called Fireside and to Patreon. If I had to make a best estimate of time per pair of episodes in a production cycle, it would probably work out to five to six hours working on reviewing links, writing show notes, and somewhere between six to eight hours for editing, along with probably an extra hour for all the other ancillary uh, efforts. So we could average it and say somewhere between 12 and 15 hours for two episodes or about 30 hours a month. I, I'd like it if everyone could applaud uh, JT for yeah. doing all that. I was deliberate. Oh, I deliberately said, um, oh, it was a joke. Do that. It's a thing. <laughs> all right, let's jump right into our news roundup this week. We have just finished the FreeBSD Dev Summit, as mentioned in the intro. So we celebrated all 30 years of FreeBSD, which is amazing, right? Coming all this way. Yeah, and with the 30 years of FreeBSD, the FreeBSD Foundation and the FreeBSD Journal put together a 30th anniversary issue, which I have talked about for the last year on the podcast. And it includes a, a wonderful article about running FreeBSD 1 on a 386, which you should read, and then buy a 386, and then suffer. Because <laughs> that's what you do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, beyond that, there's some great history. Um, the goal was to create a print issue that would survive and be useful to give out at conferences for more than one year. And we thought that covering FreeBSD 14 release wouldn't really have that longevity. But with a 30th anniversary issue, if you see it next year at a conference, you won't go, oh, I'm not going to read that. That's dull. Because everything in it is really old. It's not going to go out of date. 
Yeah. Uh, what I remember very fondly is the story time with Mike Carroll's. That was a first, I think, at the Dev Summit. But um, we definitely want to have that. And there were some nice stories in there. John had a nice uh, remembrance of the uh, one of the uh, audio bits, like how networking can make me faster using copy. We'll have that on there. The, the whole recording is available later by the audio folks here in the room. And so you can rewatch that if you weren't here. Uh, then uh, yesterday we did the famous, infamous, can decide which is better, have, need, want, and axe session, where we basically, or where the project decides what they want to have in the next release or what they want to, you know, entice people to work on or also what should leave the code base because it's kind of old now and it stinks of rotten chips. Yeah, and, and there's great things on the axe pile, like we're going to get rid of most of the firewalls, um, all but two of the file systems, we're really going to cut things down. We're going to get rid of that multiprocessor support because no one's found a use for it. It's really tidy things up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, keep it simple. <laughs> um. <laughs> hey, it never left. Yeah? <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, the usual. And of course, since we haven't seen each other in a while, there was a lot of meeting and greeting and what are you up to these days and how have you been? So that is definitely uh, also good to have again. And with that, we should jump right into the BSD CAN section. So, hey, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we normally plan more than this. That's funny. More? <laughs> this is beastie bit. Oh, no, news roundup. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so this week we're at BSD CAN. Uh, it's the first Canadian uh, BSD conference since the pandemic. And there's been a, a response from the community. It's the smallest BSD CAN so far. But I don't think we're diminished for that. I think... Uh, Dan's very optimistic that this is people figuring out how to go to conferences again and figuring out where budgets are. And so the attendees are about 110, 120. And uh, hopefully that will pick up. I think despite that, there's a really good program and there's been great stuff on today. Um, last night, we had a wonderful registration session and there was the newcomers orientation, which I did not go to because I don't know. You don't think yourself to be a newcomer? It's my first time here. But okay. I just don't feel like new. I didn't think I was going to get lost. No, no, Michael Lovely Lucas. Is he here yep. in the room? Ah, you did a good job there. Thank you. Did you go? In the past. <laughs> it's not only, only Michael speaking, but also he points out people who have been here before to say, oh, if you have questions, ask that person. So why weren't you there? Well, I have other business to do, core and foundation, you know. Ah, and yeah, it's, it's involved. Um, but yeah, definitely a good session to have, and newcomers hopefully found everything that they wanted to ask. As we're at the middle point of the conference, uh, we can only look forward to tomorrow, but there's some great talks lined up. And I hear there's some wonderful things lined up for the auction, um, which I guess listeners of the podcast might hear about in the future, or we'll forget. Mm. We do forget. Your talk was today, right? Yeah, I'm done. This is my second talk. Oh, right, today, yeah. So was it well attended? I don't know. Yes. You didn't pay attention? Third, you didn't third, look in the audience? A third of the conference was there. And in the three-track conference, that seems about right. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but equally, I have everyone at this talk, and I've, I've got more, so... <laughs> no, like, um, okay, Kirk can stay as Kirk, it's fine. <laughs>
Yeah, then of course, uh, since conference days may be long, but some people make it even longer, there's the Hacker Lounge, which has been a BSD CAN tradition since the very first one. I'm not sure. Is that how long has that been going on? Asking someone in the audience. Informal at the first. Informal, and the rest was just, uh, you know. I don't know when we started getting elements. It's all on the schedule. Okay. Yeah, so if people have done their dinner things, they can go there with laptops and talk. This was good years and years before. Okay, so it's not a beastie can invention. Okay. From the terminal room, and you take All right. Okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, any talks that you want to see tomorrow, maybe, that are interesting to you? I, I want to see Colin's firecracker talk, but it was today. So I'm, I'm going to watch the recording. <laughs> I'm not asking why you couldn't attend that talk, but I was writing my slides. Oh, I'm do them last minute. Last so why did you forget what's in them? <laughs> okay, I'm not going there. Um, anything from you? Do you have some? I haven't looked at the schedule for tomorrow yet. It's still today. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what the hacker lounge is for. Looking at the schedule, among other things. Okay, um, so I so what I my. Typically, do I create a schedule every year? I go to BSD CAN just to deviate from that completely because I meet people in the hallway, we talk, and I'm like, oh, oops, that talk has already started. Nah, it doesn't make sense to go to that one. I'll watch the recordings when I get home. And I keep doing that every time to just have a rough schedule, but I always end up somewhere else. And that's why I wait till the last minute to decide because there's no point deciding ahead of time. But looking at the schedule for tomorrow, there's lots of great stuff. I want to see uh, Pavel talk more about. Block cloning, even though I've helped code review it and so on, there's still more to learn. Uh, and I know Warner's talk about the solving many problems is definitely of interest to me. All right. What are you watching tomorrow, Tom? Uh, I don't know. I, I, oh, I'm going to go and see Corey Stefan's talk tomorrow because he's, uh, um, he's talking about using BSD for teaching and writing in the liberal, liberal arts. And it's a weird collision for something that's so completely outside of our community. And it'd be really cool. And he's spoken to me like 12 times already in two days. Hmm. <laughs> All right. But if you've been to other talks, then later send your feedback to feedback at bsdnow.tv, right? We want to hear about your opinion, how your BSD can 2023 went. So it's not just us talking about the conference we went to. Yeah, it's something we've noticed with the podcast is that doing something like a trip report kind of thing where you're just describing the experience you had while coming to the conference and us putting that on the podcast has resulted in a bunch of people saying, you know, I only came to this conference because I heard about it on the podcast and I heard what other people's experiences were like. And that motivated me to want to come to the conference and see it for myself. Yep. So all looking forward to tomorrow and maybe bit of dinner uh, coming next after this recording. Uh, but before we do that, we will definitely look forward also to the closing session. As Tom already mentioned, there will be an auction. I don't know what's going on in there, but I will be definitely attending that. I always tell people who are here for the first time, don't whatever talks you miss, don't miss the first one, the opening, and don't miss the last one, which is the closing, followed by the auction. Especially if you hope to join. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Then let's jump right into our beastie bits this week. And we're going to start with how you can help the show. So we put on this show effectively every week. I mean, we, we have some time delay in there. But this is impossible for us to do without contributions from the 
community which is here and the community that listens on a wider scale. If you don't write about BSD and how you use it and the fun problems you hit, then we won't have anything to talk about. We will run out of stuff to discuss. Mailing list arguments only happen every so often. There's just not enough to run on those reliably. You mean flame wars? Yeah, flame wars. Oh, yeah. those. Yeah. They're good. I like those. Keep you warm. Um, and we always want more content from other BSDs. Uh, the three of us are associated with the FreeBSD project, but we want to hear more about what's happening in other in other operating systems. Celine's work on the tiny OpenBSD webzine has been great, and we've really enjoyed covering that. And we'd like to see more from the NetBSD community in people's use Dragonfly and, and other operating systems and retro computing. All of this stuff comes in and it gives us a lot of vibrancy and it helps us make a show which is interesting to listen to. And we would have, would have stopped if it wasn't for this. There wouldn't have been enough content. So we need people to keep writing and then send the stuff you've written and then we'll keep doing it. And we'll get this nice cycle going where we'll just never be able to stop. Undeadly.org is a nice another source where it all combines the... Some, uh, recently we had a whole segment just undeadly news from OpenBSD. It was just news, 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 news. Great I think, stuff. I think we forgot to cover it for two months. Yeah, we had yeah. to do two months worth of stuff all at once. Yeah. Another typical source for me is Hacker News, surprisingly enough, because like Tom mentioned, we're not only covering the BSDs, but also some Unix history and some general computing if it's not wearing off into Windows space too much. Uh, so also like tutorials we found or people who blocked a certain setup they are doing. These are all things that we find interesting to publish a bit more for other people to try out. The, the other thing we always need is feedback. We always need questions and, and comments and stuff about how the show goes. Some people have written us questions and comments and then turned those into blog posts because there's been enough meat there. And the more we get, the more we get to talk about. And if you send us questions, then we'll do the hard work in figuring out what to say. Um, and so it, it works out well because you get an answer to your question. And if it's just about ZFS, you can just email Alan. I'm, I'm sure he'd like that. You don't get enough email. The advantage to sending it to the show is that the answer goes to everyone, not just you. Yeah, that's good. And some, I mean, some questions we can't answer that's so specific or so out of our league that we have to turn it back into the audience and someone we, else like, a couple like, of weeks later. Like that person who couldn't figure out how to configure Backspace and just kept sending us emails. <laughs> so many emails. <laughs> I don't know how to configure your Backspace for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we read it on the show and, and somebody had the answer. Eventually, yeah. yeah. Or it's just feedback. Hey, I watch your show for like a couple months now and I like every piece. That's really true. We, we really get this fan mail, um, which is really nice. And just hearing what people like, which sections or where they're coming from, like all over the world. We don't keep specific stats, like where people are coming from, because how do we, how we would do that? But uh, it's definitely nice to see, oh, great, thanks for the podcast. It helped me or got me more interested into the space. I'm coming from Linux or some other Unix. So, yeah, mission accomplished on that part. I, I, as Alan said at the start, the podcast started with a format where there were lots of interviews, but setting up interviews are very difficult. Um, if you are, you're, you are an interesting person, you might not think so. Uh, and the problems you encounter, whether they are super technical or... Um, you, you know, more administrative, how you run BSD and how it affects your life and how you build things are of interest to the community. You know, we get a ton of um, color through people's stories about how they do things and it makes us all richer. The 30th issue of the journal is stories about the people doing things. Like the technology sort of fades away over time, but the stories are the interesting part. And so we want to speak to more people. Yeah, we'd love to have more conversations about device drivers, but we also want to hear more about 
how you use BSD or the problems you encounter. Hearing why you can't use BSD is also interesting. Maybe it's not a good interview, but you know, we want to speak to more people. Um, you can suggest that we interview you and we'll probably say yes. I don't think we've ever said no to anyone. Um, and, and the interviews are very painless. We figure out time that works for you. We set up with the hosts and we record and we deal with everything else and it gets dropped into a show. So they don't necessarily need to be super timely. Um, we can work to your schedule and we can work to the hours you're awake. And we try to make it as easy as possible. And we always want to speak to more people about more stuff. We've had great interviews in the last year. Speaking to Warren Toomey was really nice. Oh, yeah. Even though he's in the most awkward place in the world to speak to from Europe. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, for us, it was <laughs> scheduling-wise, it was a bit of a challenge. But he had a lot of uh, Unix historic uh, memories to relate to. Lots of hysterical Unix stories. Uh, too, yeah. So and since conferences are starting again, we can chase after people and, hey, do we have time between this talk and the next one to interview? You can. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, we'll try. And then last up on how you can help us is, is what JT said. Send us stories. I mean, we send us the stuff you enjoy and you find online. If you read stuff on an obscure blog, that'd be great. But you don't need to assume that we've seen everything that goes by. I mean, we get a link many times. We'll prioritize it as it comes through. So it, it's good. You know, tell us what's going on. Help, help us make the show. We, it, it's not our thing. It's you know, grown a lot and we build a lot from the community. So we need more input from you. Mm -hmm. All right, before we go into our feedback and questions section, we should mention our longtime sponsor of this show and many, many before, Tarsnap. Tarsnap. As many of you know, as many of you already use Tarsnap, the online backup for the truly paranoid people. Secure online backups that are encrypted before they leave your system into the cloud, not the other way around, right? And even Colin can't help you restore your data if you destroyed the keys. So that's a security feature, not a not a bug. And yeah, we've we've praised uh, Tarsnap for many many episodes. So I guess a lot of people know about this from our episode. That's why, that's why we have canned ad reads now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but special thanks to Colin just to for helping make sure the show continued to happen especially when we switched to being independent instead of part of an existing podcast network when they got acquired by a, a Linux training company. It was uh, a big help to making sure that the show could keep going smoothly and not uh, degrade badly. So thank you, Colin, again. Yeah, I mean, this is important if things like happen like a microphone breaks or we have other technical issues where we need to have a bit of money behind that. So that helps a lot um, in that regard. So thanks again. All right, let's get right into the feedback and questions section, which is again, the most popular ones typically we get as feedback. Okay. So here we go. So, so first up, we have a, a question about the status of NetBSD 10 from Corey Stefan. Is there anyone from NetBSD here? <laughs> Can you tell us the status of NetBSD 10, please? <laughs> Uh, a small list of blockers on the NetBSD wiki, and we're trying to work through all of those blockers before uh, before it actually goes down. Okay, so the response was they're working on it. There's a small list of blockers on the wiki, and they're working on those before it goes out. Yes. Cool. Now it's been recorded. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next one. Uh, thanks for that answer, by the way. Um, how have things changed in the BSDs over the history of the show? That's a good question. 
for how I'd like to drink, I guess. Uh, uh, I don't know. We've covered most of the changes in the episodes as they've happened, so we've, we've created that chronicle by having the episodes. Um, yeah, a lot has changed, uh, both in the, the people and the, the projects themselves, uh, but I think they're all stronger now because of the communication that happens because of the podcast, even just, you know, I know a lot more about OpenBSD because of the podcast than I would if I just lived in my FreeBSD silo all the time. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add? So the idea, sometimes we read these uh, stat yeah, sorry. <laughs> status reports is a big thing. Like sometimes the uh, different projects ask for a call for testing, call for help, call for code contributions. And I think more people get no about these because, hey, they listen to the podcast and say, I could test that patch. I could try out that driver. I have this device. So why not help that project a little bit through this? And I guess with our reach, if you want to call it that, we can support the projects in an indirect way to give a bit more feedback to them by just getting the word out to the listeners. Yeah, and, and I'd say that for the first, you know, 450-ish shows, uh, I was a listener. I don't, I can't listen anymore. I hate the sound of my own voice. Um, <laughs> I was a listener, but, you know, BSD now started as I left university and it was a touchstone into the BSD community before I was doing any development or any use there was no bsd in my first few jobs and i definitely would think i could attribute it to being here today it's probably one of the most consistent pieces of outreach coming from the bsds at all and it's great that we cover everything and it's great that we cover lots of articles and you get links to everything else and there's expertise and i i love the show it's great mm, yeah i mean it's it's hard work every time but also when we finish that, it's kind of nice. Yeah, that was a nice episode again. Let's meet in two weeks again and do it all over again. All right, that was that question. So I think we are now at the position to ask the audience to if they have any questions. Hopefully we can make the micro or we repeat it over here. Yeah. Anyone have a question for our 512th episode? Going down in history. Michael, what are you going to do when you hit a thousand? Ma Michael asks, what are we going to do when we hit a thousand? Um, thousand twenty-four. Well, the timestamp won't have rolled over yet, so we'll probably have to keep doing the show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, if you try to do the show until the timestamp rolls over, it will take that long. We might have to swap some hosts out. <laughs> Is my math right that that'd be 20 years? Oh, yeah. I know 512 is a big landmark, but uh, do you realize most discs have 4 kilobyte sectors? <laughs> <laughs> Colin said, I know 512 is a big landmark, but most discs now have 4 kilobyte sectors. <laughs> and I thought 1024 was a big number thinking that that'd be like 20 years of the podcast. <laughs> 70 more years in the, the 4K. Yeah, uh, Warner notes that'd be more than 70 years of podcasting to get to 4K. And I definitely uh, second the whole swapping out the host thing. Yeah, we'll all be robots or replaced by ChatGPT voices anyway. So why do we have to work any of this stuff? You just have to do more than one. You just have to do more than one a week. Uh -huh. No. <laughs>
I mean, the content needs to be there, right? If nothing happens in the BSD space, then it will be very quiet. Anyone else? Who is on your target list? How do you want to talk to them? Who is on your target list and what do we want to talk about? Um, like all good BSD conferences, we want to speak to anybody who would be of interest to the listeners of our show. Our listeners are interested in operating systems in general, BSD in specific. Um, Niche operating systems you might not necessarily be aware of are a priority, and I think we all sort of fall in the niche operating system part. Um, retro computing, embedded stuff, cool projects, how you have deployed stuff at scale, how you've deployed stuff at home. You know, if you think it would be interesting to you, we probably want to hear it. Um, if that's a struggle in your imagination, then come speak to us and we'll figure out if we have something to talk about. But I'm sure we do. So in short, the answer is you. <laughs> yeah, not, not exactly. What's the gentle reminder from the programming committee for Euro East Econ? Uh, we accept submissions until May 26th for the uh, conference in, in September with Rockwatch. Excellent, at spot. So, so Peter said, um, a gentle reminder from the program committee of EuroBSDCon, which is really funny because I'm on it too. Uh, the submissions are open until the 26th of May, uh, which will be after the show has gone out, but it will still apply to all of you in the room. Um, and something about submissions, I run out of buffer space, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's in Coimbra, Portugal. Yes. That, if that's not reason enough to go, I mean, just do it. We'll see you there. Okay, I think we're running out of questions. And so we have one final announcement we need to make for show 512. One last thing. Is this? Yeah, one last thing. Uh, so the other thing I want to announce is that uh, starting with, I guess it'll be episode 513. 513 uh, I will be stepping down as host and Jason Tubner uh, will bring his FreeBSD and OpenBSD experience to the show. And I hope you all give him a warm welcome and uh, that he'll continue to bring interesting content and a different viewpoint to the show. JT! Oh, we have thought of that? Oh, I just realized that that would be another uh, JT. We've never had two at the same time. Benedict, your days are numbered. I need to separate the two to just... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Is there, is there another... We'll find someone. <laughs> we need CB. To even it out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, thanks, Alan, for actually getting this off the ground, the whole episode and the whole show. And I mean, asking me that one night at, uh, I remember Fosdem, where he asked me, hey, will you want to be a show host on BSD Now? And that was just amazing. And the whole introduction to the podcasting business and the the way to become someone that is regularly on the show as a host that was certainly nice and so thanks for all the backup support and encouraging words over the years okay that's us thank that's you. us that's the episode thank you <laughs> <laughs>